Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was watching it and feeling quite engaged with it still and still feeling quite like tense whilst watching them do maths which is not the most engaging thing and I think a lot of that is due to the obviously the way it's very fast paced in the the editing but also the score is just like phenomenal in terms of like his his guys adding up some numbers and then the music's gonna make sure that you know that it's important that they get these numbers right um i'm probably not the best person for this podcast episode because i don't like film set in space okay Hello everyone, thanks for listening today. Joining us we have Bran. Hello. Meg. Hiya. And as always, Kobe. Hello. And we're here to talk about Apollo 13. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello film fans, welcome to FlixWatcher. Joining us today, we have Fran and Meg. If you could please say hello to our listeners and tell them a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please. Hi, um, I'm Meg. I'm a freelance producer, disability rights campaigner and a journalist that mainly writes about disability issues. Um, Yeah, that's basically all the things I do. And podcast producer as well? Um, kind of. I've done podcasty things. I've been on a few. Basically, I just I do a lot of things not very well. Fair enough. Well, what do you mean not very well? You put oh. yourself down. I think we're going to disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Master of all trades. Well, that's it. Uh, and Fran, who are you? Uh, yeah, so I am Francesca Tarowskis, or Fran. And similar to Meg, I do lots of different things. Um, I'll let other people judge how good I am at them. <laughs> but I uh, work on a number of different podcasts. They they mostly fit into the like out, outside and wilderness category. And the main one I'm working on at the moment is my, my new project, On the Outside podcast, which is diverse views on outdoors news. So it's a panel show and we're talking about all kinds of um, outdoor sports and adventure sports and, and what's happening in, in kind of 
that realm essentially um so yeah really exciting and i also write for pod bible magazine so anybody that's interested in podcast recommendations i do the digital editing for pod bible and we've always got lists and recommendations of different genres over there so head on over yeah head over to pod bible magazine and get trans recommendations and uh, interviews with with other pod people um including toby <laughs> was i interviewed at some point yes going back a while are we, when I first we were, started I think working. We, for our birthday, didn't we? We got yeah, interviewed. Yeah, we were interviewed for 200th episode. Yeah, that's both, right. That's both right. On there. <laughs> featured. Yay. Such a, such a highlight to be featured. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are talking today, guys, about Apollo 13, which is your choice, Fran. Fran, can you tell us, first of all, why you chose the film? And I'll get the timer ready for the synopsis of one minute or less. Yeah, so I was quite young when Apollo 13 the film came out. Uh, So I thought about that halfway through. When the Apollo 13 film came out, I would have been about six. So it's one of those films that I've kind of grown up with and is always on telly every now and then. And I think that I just wanted to really look at it again and sit down and watch it properly as opposed to it being in the background or all of that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was a good excuse to do that. And for, oh, do you want a synopsis? Yeah, let's do the synopsis. This is either going to be really short or really, really long. So Apollo 13 was a disaster in 1970. NASA sent a spaceship up. It was named Apollo 13. Everybody thought that that was bad luck. And it did turn out to be bad luck because the spaceship had a, a small explosion of some sort. And the um, ship was aiming for the moon They couldn't get to the moon in the end. And what this turned into was a massive rescue mission. NASA trying to figure out how to get this spaceship back to Earth safely without any difficulties. Fair enough. (laughs) Fair enough. I feel like I should have probably said something about who stars in it and that kind of thing. We'll get to that. It doesn't matter. The synopsis (laughs) is just to set the scene. We'll talk about some guy called Hanks at some point, I'm sure. Um. Meg, Apollo 13, had you seen this before? What are your thoughts? Um, I'm probably not the best person for this podcast episode because I don't like films set in space. Like, I haven't seen Star Wars up until over Christmas. I haven't seen any of them since I was a kid and I couldn't really remember them. Now I've seen (laughs) most of them. And I kind of like them, but I'm not... I'm not a big fan of it. a film set in space. I'm really sorry, guys. I want to know more about what what it is that you. I'm fascinated. This is this is a new subgenre. We've we found people who don't like animation. Full stop. We know yeah. people who don't like musicals. <laughs> See, that's You're... weird. That, I think that's a wider <laughs> genre. There's a setting of space, isn't it? Yeah, probably. I, I don't know. Is is there a difference between? I mean, it sounds like there isn't, but is a fancy set in space versus like real life space the thing that i would say similar about star wars and about apollo 13 that i don't like is space jargon right like when there's people pressing buttons and saying things that i don't understand because i'm not an astronaut or a pilot a space pilot whatever they call themselves jedi jedi that's the one (laughs) because i don't know those things and for me hearing a lot of it and just it's like white noise to me basically when they're all pressing the buttons and doing that little task it's just white noise to me does that extend to other kind of film types like 
underwater. I'm trying to think, like, sorry? Any, any submarine films? Which... <laughs> yeah. Is it, is it... No, they're fine, they're fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, what else to say? Sorry. <laughs> what, what about the acting? What about... To- what about Tom Hanks, Bill Paxton? Oh, what about- Tom Hanks is great. I love Tom Hanks. He's as brilliant. long as he's not yeah. in space. I just, I don't like space jargon. Maybe, maybe I like some films that are in space. I just don't like the the majority of them. Like I've seen The Martian, seen mm-hmm. Gravity, I've yeah. seen Moon. Yeah. Um, and you didn't like any of them. Not really, because okay. there's there's lots of space, space jargon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like if you went to watch. I was gonna say you went to watch an action film and they fight all the time, but that's literally what an action film is. I don't like action films, so yeah, yeah. Uh, Helen, uh, are you adverse to space? I I love films set in space, like even like some bad ones. Like I really like it. I think it's partly because it terrifies me, like the thought of getting into a spaceship and being. Mm blasted off into a complete unknown and potentially going to die and die in a way where basically your body sort of like turns itself inside out and you you explode so I, is I that what space. happens or is it just burn it's, out or freeze i'm not sure <laughs> or, i don't know it's it's not a good way to go i think it might be quick though i think because like if you're spinning round and round then you'll like pass out and then the <laughs> body explosion and weird stuff will happen um i remember this coming out Mm. I don't think I saw it at the cinema, but I remember seeing the posters and I remember kind of seeing it in... All the TV spots yeah, and Houston, we've got a problem, like every single... Yeah. And on, on like the cover of Empire and everything. And I think it was the highest grossing film of um, 1995 as well. So it was massive. It was huge. Um, but I would have seen it maybe a little bit later than that. And I don't know how many times I've seen it. This may maybe only the second or third i'm not sure mm-hmm. but kind of apollo 13 is just kind of like ingrained in my memory a lot more than maybe the times i've seen the film but i think it's a really really solid like space movie i think when it came out like how space <laughs> how it came out how they managed to recreate kind of like being in space on film was quite groundbreaking and it you know people who'd been into space have said you know it is like this like they they really kind of you know made it look like it was in space and it's one of those kind of real human interest stories and you know you kind of you really want these people not to die spoiler no one dies it's a space film no one dies like really rare that this happens and yeah i kind of like it i'm kind of interested in nasa because if you dig into their history like a lot of stuff goes wrong at NASA. I'm surprised like more missions haven't ended in disaster because mm. NASA is not a safe place to be working. Yeah, Fran, what are your thoughts? Are you a space movie fan in general and what are your thoughts on uh, Apollo 13? Oh, I mean, yeah, I, why you chose I am it. quite a space movie fan and I'm a quite a space fan in general. Like like Helen, I've dig, digged in, dug in a bit to, to uh, NASA history and how NASA worked and uh, most like last year was the anniversary of the Apollo 13 flight. So there was loads of stuff around last year. And there was the uh, 13 Minutes to the Moon, the BBC podcast that went in a kind of like blow by blow of what happened during Apollo 13. Um, so there's, it was really interesting having kind of grown up with this and knowing Apollo 13 and having that kind of massive historical 
aspect that you know you know the story and you know the film but then to come back in it and watch it as an adult having known some of the actual history and some of the the stuff that went on behind was super interesting and I, I don't think it really lost anything from knowing bits that maybe weren't quite accurate or you know that kind of thing it still felt like a a really good film and a really kind of well told story considering how complicated that story what's the podcast been. called again sorry uh 13 minutes to the moon really good podcast does that they make sense the... title wise i mean i'll check it out but I'll... yeah so <laughs> like it was because seconds the... to Mars. yeah it's because the um uh first series they did the moon landings right and so it was like 13 minutes was the descent between kind of when they left and when uh, they landed on the moon. So okay. that's where so the name came from. It's not linked to Apollo 13 or... And then, yeah, specific. the second one was the Apollo 13 one. So, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we've had a few uh, based on true story films on here. And the, the question I always like to ask when it comes to this is um, how important is accuracy of um, the story when it's when it's portrayed um, in film? And then I know this one, I think this one, they would have had to do it very accurately or as, as close to it without... Um, falsifying things but does it tend to matter to yourself or do you are you happy to take a kernel of truth and let the story flow like with something like cool runnings um i'm i'm really 50 50 on it because i think that there's uh, with, with something like this like you say i think they kind of had to be accurate because the people that were involved in it a lot of them were still alive and mm. they they got them involved in the actual making as much as they could and that kind of thing but then like cool runnings like you say cool runnings wasn't really accurate but it's a great film and it got people <laughs> interested in the <laughs> in the um topic and that kind of thing so i think if it if it's done well and it gets people interested in a topic mm. then it's done its job even if it's not necessarily completely accurate Mike? yeah i mean i'm sure it is accurate i just found it a bit boring Sorry. Um, Space jargon. Yeah, like a lot, you have to admit, a large part of that film is them just being in space and something's gone wrong and they're just speaking space jargon at each other for 10 minutes. And Sorry, <laughs> no, I interrupt you. <laughs> no, say it, say it. Disagree with me. No, I'm going to agree with you. Oh, like, great. I, I, do, I do think it is a lot of that. And I think one of the things that, watching it through this time and really thinking about it um there are scenes where they're literally just doing maths mm. and you're still watching it well i was watching it and feeling quite engaged with it still and still feeling quite like tense whilst watching them do maths which is not the most engaging thing and i think a lot of that is due to the obviously the way it's very fast paced in the mm. the editing but also the score is just like phenomenal in terms of like his his guys adding up some numbers and then the music's <laughs> going to make sure that you know that it's important that they get these numbers right and that kind of thing. So but, um, we, we've seen that in things like um, it's the one about the four black women Hidden in figures. NASA. Hidden figures. Hidden figures. There we go. That's that's got a lot of maths going on there. Now every time there's chalk and blackboard, I'm like, yeah, do it. Do, do, that. do that maths. Do that maths. I have no I, idea what you're drawing. I find the maths in films, like especially this kind of maths and physics maths, because I'm like terrible at it. I don't really understand it. I'm like, oh, I don't really know what's going on, but like they're doing it really well. And like, oh, oh, oh 
might that happen? Because <laughs> I generally have no idea whether the maths is going to be correct or not. So I'm like, is it good maths or bad maths? I don't know. I think I think it's the same for me with like maths. It could be chess. It could be like baseball. I've literally no idea what's going on. And I'm like, but if they portray it in a way, and I think Osprey was saying here, the music was like extra dramatic or they, they zoomed in on the formula um, as they were writing it. And then the big thumbs up, yes, it's correct. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they obviously, Ron Howard, they know how to, they know how to do these things. Um, I, I really enjoyed this film. I don't think, I think I've maybe seen it a couple of times. And I think like Helen, I remember it coming out and being a, the biggest thing ever, but also at the moment, I can, I can remember thinking, well, I know what happens. So where's the tension? And I think that's also my problem again, still is like, I know they make it back alive. So is ultimately there any tension? Maybe I'm just a bit sadistic. Maybe I, I just really want to be the person that had no idea what happened. And I've, I think that's probably the best way to go into this. Yeah, I mean, so that's the, me. I had no idea what happened. Oh, seriously? Yeah. Like, what, was, yeah. what was that like then? Um, well, I've, I kind of guess that they weren't all going to die because it wasn't a high-rated high movie. Um and I didn't think realistically they were all going to die because that's not a really good Hollywood story, is it? So it lost a lot of the danger factor for me because of that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I had no idea what happened in the Apollo 13. That is, that is absolutely amazing. Fran, did you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think I probably knew... <laughs> I probably knew from the movie, so it probably sure. it probably like was growing up with that that yeah. taught me about it. So yeah, I wonder maybe if the news at the time Helen just told us what happened, and we were kind of like, well, I distinctly remember the first time watching it being kind of like very much more like, will will they make it? I mean, there wasn't Google back then, and like I don't think we really got kind of like NASA in space as much as America did. It never mm. really. You know, it was never really like on TV because there's obviously a bit where they go off into space and they're recording if they're like live on TV and they're like, oh, well, no one's watching it. They switched off. But there was a period in America where you could like switch TV on. So would be like in space doing like space nice. stuff, like really? drinking and peeing. Yeah, it was just like it was a massive thing. And drinking and peeing at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I watch that. I would watch that. <laughs> and by like 1970, when this this launch was like that people had really kind of like turned off from space. They'd gone from like the, the peak kind of like moon landing space and they just kind of like lost their interest. So it, this kind of like peaked back up in the fact that it was like nearly a disaster, but wasn't. So it's, it's like NASA and like public interest and all of that stuff like is really, really interesting. Um, it's, it's kind of crazy that it's, it's kind of boiled down to a PR thing. They go into space yeah. for a specific reason. But if people, oh, they've seen it once, that's fine. I've seen Neil do his jump and then no one cares after that. So it's kind of interesting testament that some things can go on and on and on, like sports can just keep them going on. And people are really interested in how Man United do week in, week out. But then literally someone touching the moon is like boring after the first time. <laughs> it's kind of kind of insane. I do feel like space is kind of making a comeback at the moment because well, of people Bezos. like Elon, Bezos going yeah. to space. Mm. Like maybe in 10 years time we'll have loads of space movies about those heroes. Are, are they heroes is the question? No, not at all. I was being <laughs> very it. sarcastic there. It'll be very sarcastic. When <laughs> yeah, said, it will be Amazon <laughs> Prime exclusive. When Helen, <laughs> when Helen said at the start about... Um, 
like being terrifying, the sense of being in the tin can going to space. I just mm. thought, yeah, there's no way on earth I care that much about going into space because, yeah, you die in so many different ways. But Jeff Bezos, yeah, Philly boots. <laughs> Get as high in there as you want. El- Elon, wait, go for it. Go for it. Shoot to the moon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we haven't yet talked about the cast, which is in my notes I've written is the most nineteen ninety five cast ever. Clint Howard. <laughs> well, Clint Howard runs, brother. He's got to be in there. I mean, he's the it's main one. Kevin Baker, Bill Paxton, Tom Hanks, Ed Harris. Is Ed Harris bald? Typically, because he had he had a good set of hair. So it's funny you say that. So apparently, the real life person he is playing was bold but oh. or the other way around when films are inaccurate. yeah it's, it's a really weird thing about his hair <laughs> apparently like the 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 hair comparison is is not correct but the waistcoat is a real thing so like the okay. waistcoat was what that guy wore on that on that day like the waistcoat is a thing also you had gary sinisi as well coming back um was this before or after forrest gump oh but what about the same i think forrest gump maybe came out in 94 and this came out in 95 but they would have been quite close together yeah. I don't know whether they were they would have filmed. I don't. I don't know anything about the production schedules. <laughs> Close yeah. together, I think, is the. Uh... Well, Sinise and Hanks in the same film. Um, yeah, I mean, the cast is the cast is obviously stellar. Any time you've got Tom Hanks in a film, I mean, it's got some recent ones where like Finch and the Greyhound, where uh, it's kind of take or leave it. But generally, Tom Hanks is always a, a good draw in the film, even if it's one you're not that interested in. I've got a Tom Hanks quiz question for you. Ooh, so um, he's obviously playing Jim Lovell, which is a real person. Um, he's also played quite a few other real persons. Would you want to have a guess at how many times Tom Hanks has played either exact real people or characters that were based on real people? Six. Meg, what's your guess? Well, I know Splash is a true story, so that's at least two. <laughs> so, Fran, any advance on two? Or? Um, let's go with bang down the middle, four. He's played nine. Nine. He's been nine films when... Sully. uh, Yep. That's it. Captain Phillips. Oh, Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, He was Fred Rogers in the... uh, Guys, that's... Beautiful Day, Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood is now on Netflix as we're recording this. One of my favourite films uh, of recent times. Go and watch that. Good Lord. He played characters inspired by in Philadelphia. So the the characters, uh, Jeffrey Bowes was the inspiration. And then... Joseph Shea was the inspiration for the, his ca- character in Catch Me If You Can. He mm-hmm. was also Charlie Wilson in Charlie Wilson's War, Walt Disney in Saving Mr. Banks, yes, uh, James B. Donovan in Bridge of Spies, and Ben Bradley in The Post. So he's, I think he's amazing. I really do think he's amazing. And all of those real people, when I watched him in those films as those people, I mm. felt like he was those people. So I think he's great as the kind of like, every man's sort of astronauty face which was kind of a bit of a thing in in the 60s for space people so yeah always i always enjoy watching tom hanks yeah there's i've heard no bad things about tom hanks and um i hope that is how it is generally it's, well one of his sons is a bit dodgy so like yeah, i think that, that's it, deflected any badness type of person i can't <laughs> i think they're into that kind of stuff aren't they but yeah i mean tom hanks is like is it's just it's just a stalwart he's not I, don't, I never find mm. him super amazing and stuff apart like there's, there's like at the end of Captain Phillips it's like the best acting I've seen ever in anyone but generally it's just like a good sturdy like 
I'm going to be there, likable kind of character. But um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think anyone's got really a problem with him. Maybe there's people like Meg that don't like Tom Hanks films. There will be someone. No, I love Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. <laughs> I love that his initials are T Hanks. Thanks. Yeah. So you always knew he's going to be a polite man. I love Cassaway. Yeah, I like Tom Hanks. I'm not that controversial. As is standard in these disaster kind of movies, you have the wife at home trope, which I find a bit tiresome. I don't know what what, what are your thoughts, guys, on this. We had this quite quite a bit. Um, it was the sixties though, wasn't it? So like, yeah, uh, it's, it's a bit like... of thankless. But does it need to be? Oh, I mean, obviously, the astronaut's wife is a is a big kind of was kind of a big deal in NASA. But yeah, I'm kind of it's... tired of that. It was the nineties. It wasn't so prevalent then, I don't think. But it's I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's definitely very noticeable in the film that there are maybe two women and it is a wife and a daughter or two wives and two daughters. Mm. And um, But it, it is based on something that actually happened in like late, 90, late 90s, uh, in 1970. So it's you, you've only got a certain amount that you can work with in terms of characters for a script so it's kind of understandable um i do think that the person who got most like shortchanged in the film is uh jim lovell's son who you'd literally he doesn't say anything you just have shots every now and then of him looking at the telly whilst his dad is up in space nearly dying and like that's it he's not even with the rest of the family so he can't even react it's literally just jim lovell's son is at school Can I stay home, Mum? Because Dad's in space and he might die. I think. (laughs) I think school understands. (laughs) I don't know. No, go to school. I think that Uh, um, more recently, I think First Man is probably slightly different in that Claire Foy Foy gets a a bit more to yeah, a bit more of a role and makes it a bit more. It's a bit more of a a balanced film in that but yeah i mean of the times of the 60s really wives were just kind of yeah it's not, stay I at mean, home can, and worry about your husband obviously that husband. is the thing that happens it's just thing the balance in it i think is is balance how they represent it in the film is is the problem not the fact it it, it can and does happen there's a film called everest which came out i don't know eight or so years ago where kira knightley was there waiting for waiting for her husband to come home or not. And that was just like, I think she had like 10 minutes of screen time and that was just like, oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Yeah, that one was really bad. And I remember because legitimately she was in New Zealand and her husband was up Everest. So there was Mm. the time difference, but that meant that Kira Knightley's like 10 lines were all in darkness as well. Yeah. So you couldn't even see any like (laughs) face acting or anything. It was just like... (laughs) Yeah, that was a bad one. <laughs> well, let's head to the scores. I'm Helen O'Hara, film journalist, author, and host of Women vs. Hollywood, a new podcast from the Stripped Media family. We're exploring the fall and rise of women in Hollywood from the silent era to the present day and into the future. Each episode, I'm joined by three or more special guests to discuss the challenges that women face in the film industry and look at what we can do to change the picture. 
We've got actors, directors, producers, writers, academics, film experts, you name it, they're all here to explain what's going on in Hollywood. Search for Women vs. Hollywood now, wherever you're listening to this, and come join us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to uh, Flix Watcher Scores. They're always out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And we'll start with you, please, Fran, with your recommendability. I'm going to go with five because I obviously recommended it. And, <laughs> um, I do think it's, it's one that you would uh, somehow make manage to escape watching it but I do think that you'll either have watched it or you should watch it at some point because it is such a a well-known film but also it's such a well-known story as well and such a um, kind of interesting way of introducing someone to the story. I'm quite I'm quite amazed and also surprised and happy and also sad that you didn't know the story before you watched it but also sad that you didn't because yeah, your predilection to not liking space films maybe mm. took you away from the story a bit. Because obviously there's gravity, which is completely false and moon. Mm. But then there is the, this, which is a real story. And it's, I, I, I wish I'd watched it without no, not knowing. So what's your, what's your recommendability? For a film about space, I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If you like films about space, you're going to love this. That should be the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> Helen. Yeah, I mean, not liking films about space... Um, I'm going to have to factor that into the recommendability. It's a really kind of solid like docudrama in that it is just kind of telling a story, which in reality, something went wrong. But the thing that went wrong was kind of like minor in comparison to some, you know, like in terms of like Armageddon levels of things going wrong, it's it's quite small. And then the things three, to kind of... Three people in space, which yeah, is... Yeah, and then the kind of things that they do to, to fix it are not even like the martial kind of... Martian, sorry, level of trying to fix it. So it's kind of not that much happens other than they, they try to go to the moon. There's there's a little bit of an explosion, but like it isn't like the ship's on fire and there's like smoke everywhere and people are running around and screaming. And then they do some maths uh, and then they have to burn through the atmosphere in a small bit. And then that's kind of it. So it's... But- the obviously the the potential of things going wrong is if they if they don't get angle wrong then it will be on fire and there will be burning up but did it, do you think it, it got that drama right for you or yeah i think it did but okay. i wonder for someone coming to it new like yeah. watching it for the first time now having had like what is it 25 years of like action in space whether they will find it a little bit underwhelming and mm. perhaps having they, they might already know the, the outcome of it and it might be a slightly different experience. Um, so with that, 4.5. Uh, yeah, I, I do wonder because if, if people like Bezos and Musk and Branson are going to space, are people already jaded with it and not understand the importance of the angle? Because I remember when I was at school being learning, I don't know why they were t- teaching us this, but like learning how important it is to have the right angle, otherwise you'll just burn up. So for me, it's, it's like a real fear of like, 
holy shit, they can't, they need to get the right angle or it's going to burn up. But kids today, well, they just think, well, just come down, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was your, 4.5? 4. 4.5, 4. uh, I think I'm it's gonna... a really, yeah, really sol- solid like film. And it's, mm. if you like space, really great. Um, but I don't know whether you're, if you were to watch it for the first time now and you're relatively like filled up with other space dramas whether you'd find it a little bit underwhelming possibly um i put um you, you should watch this film it's not it's not nowhere near my favorite film there's no reason why you shouldn't watch it yeah i'm gonna go for five i'm gonna go for five yeah watch it it's great uh <laughs> repeat viewing score fran oh i really should have thought about this more uh, sorry Ruminate now, I had, ruminate now. I had with something us. in my head earlier and I didn't write it down and that was foolish of me. Um, but repeat viewing score, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go with, again, I've watched it many, many times. I would say 4.5 purely because I think as Helen was saying, if you, because it is older now, there are some aspects to it which we may be a little bit more jaded with if you're going to mm-hmm. keep watching it now as an adult. But I did watch it twice in preparation for this oh wow so uh, committed meg what's your repeatability score uh repeatability i'm um, i'm gonna give it like a two because i feel like i've seen it now <laughs> Space I'm, film. I'm glad i've seen it because you asked me to watch it i wouldn't have watched it otherwise i probably kind of horizons yeah so exactly i probably i'm not gonna watch it again uh helen yeah it's a bit of a strange one because it's this time round, I was a bit less in, interested in it because I knew how it, it felt more like a documentary for me this time round in, in the way that I was watching it. Mm. Um, I've seen it a couple of times. I'm probably, I enjoyed going back to it. I was, I was looking forward to seeing it and see how it h- held up because like visually it still looks like really, really good. So it hasn't aged in some way that some kind of like 90s films have. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure whether you need to watch it loads so two and a half um yeah i'm gonna go for two no in fact no i'm gonna go for two i i think this might be the second time i watched it and i will watch it again at some point but who knows when uh two small screen score this might be what a bit where you're talking about helen but let's go to fran first for the small screen score i'm gonna have to go right down the middle with 2.5 because i've never seen it on a big screen but mm. I would assume that there's a lot of stuff that would just be amazing on the big screen or that was made for viewing in the cinema. So, yeah, obviously space would be bigger on a big screen and that would be amazing. Meg? Yeah, I'm just going to agree with Fran here, 2.5, because I probably would like to watch it again on the big screen, but other than that, I'm not that fast about seeing it again. Helen. Have you ever seen this? I can't remember if I've seen it at the cinema. I don't think I have. I think I would remember maybe, but it was a long, long time ago. Um, I've only ever seen it on the small screen and kind of enjoyed it on the small screen. So um, four and a half, 4.5. Given that I'm not going to watch it often, I think the next time, like like Meg, if I saw it again, I'd like to see on the big screen Um, because it it really does hold up. And I remember maybe it was just a saturation point with understanding, you know, about the film and how it was made. Because they used that, that that vomit comet, didn't they? To actually film the zero gravity scene, so everything is no, there's no CGI, there's no kind of in camera effects. They actually are like weightless at the time, and things are floating around. And I think that that really holds up. 
so I would like to see on the bigger screen. Uh, so I'm going to give a lower score of three. Uh, engagement score, Fran. I am going to go with four for this one. Um, because, as I say, I did watch it twice in preparation for this. And that was because I, the first time, foolishly thought that I could do a little bit of work whilst I was watching it. Because <laughs> I was like, I've seen it so many times. I just need to refresh <laughs> myself. Um, so I started off kind of like doing a little bit of work and then getting hooked into it. Um, but I did still like manage to finish some work whilst watching it. So it didn't entirely pull me away from my laptop. So, yeah. Meg? Um, I'm thinking of like a two. I, I was, I was engaged with the characters. Um, and to be, there was one bit that really did engage with me. It was a bit where, um, the astronauts come to the house and sit with the mother. Mm. I can't remember their names. The famous astronauts. What uh, are they Neil called? Neil Armstrong and yes. Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they come and sit with the mum and I found that bit really engaging, more so than any other part of the film. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a two for engaging. Helen? So I definitely think, like, the first time I ever watched it would, like, be up there as a five and then this time it was probably quite a bit lower because I was doing a bit of, like, NASA research. Um, so <laughs> just trying try not to the maths into how many people died on NASA <laughs> that kind of like, um, so I'm going to give it an average of four <laughs> I think because I always knew the outcome this is just a big kind of bugbear and I, I knew they're going to survive so I was like oh, come on then try and surprise <laughs> me um, so it's for Hanks isn't it it's for Hanks Paxton, Paxton Bacon and um, Sinisi that get you engaged and they do a good job. Ed Harrison's Ron Howard's younger brother, Clint, as well. It's because the acting in that that's what that's what engages you. But yeah, 3.5. Sorry, what was your score, Helen? Uh, I went for four. 3.5, four. That gives us an overall score of 3.46875. Oh, yeah, pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, recommendability score was high. In, it, in its own right at 4.625, just as, a, as an isolated score. So, guys, if you are listening to this, do follow us. We are on Twitter. We are at FlixWatcherPod. One of the main reasons to follow us is because we put a tweet out before we go into the recording, such as this one. We're recording Apollo 13 with Meg, Roz, Foz, and Frantic T from On The Outside Pod. Have you seen it? Tell us your thoughts and the score out of five stars for an on-air shout-out on FlixWatcher. Uh, we had one response here, and it was very positive. Uh, Fran? Uh, this is from Daniel Danny Dimes Kotnick at Decal of the Way. And they say, five out of five stars, perfect movie from casting, writing, special effects, directing, arguably Hanks's best performance. Fair enough. Um, Meg and Frank, can you sign off by telling everyone where to find you online? And we'll say sayonara to the listeners. Yep. So uh, for myself, if you are on Twitter, you can follow me personally at Frantic T. And you can listen to my podcast on the outside, uh, wherever you're listening to this, just have a search for it or head over to ontheoutsidepodcast.co.uk. And if you also don't like films about space, you can find me. I am at Meg Grasswald, M-E-G-R-O-Z-F-O-Z-Z, Instagram, 
Twitter and now TikTok because I'm turning 13 for trying to pretend I'm not. <laughs> well, cheers, guys. It's been a pleasure to talk about Houston. We have a problem. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher Pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K Wood audio tell them flicks what she sent you you just heard a stripped media production